Can I be honest with you for a second? Sure. I kind of wish that we could do this show. I mean, we do a lot of cool spiritual stuff, mm-hmm. uh, talk about it, but I want to do something that's really connected to life, what, what people deal with every day, what people love. I, I wish so we could, not so much spiritual yeah, stuff. Yeah, I wish we could do something like like talk about art or something like that. Mm. Yeah, well, I, I feel you, but the problem here is, isn't it that uh, like art is actually spiritual? In fact, if I remember right, Swedenborg even says that there's art in heaven. Really? What would what would art in heaven be like? I know. Actually, I haven't thought oh. about that. What's that? Oh, wonder what this is. Pretty amazing timing. We were just talking about the art in heaven, and then this package shows up, and it gets me wondering: you know, could this have something to do with the arts in heaven? Mm. And look at who it's from. It's I don't know. Swedenborg Foundation Labs. I mean, these yeah. guys are awesome. They they gave us. You remember that mm. uh, that uh, apocalypse revealed um, like code breaker thing where you could put the external sense of a passage in there, and then they, you would get the internal sense out. They even gave us those like uh, Providence tinted glasses where oh, that's you right. could look at uh, events in the world, and y- they would show you Ooh. no matter. Check it out. The Arts in Heaven, easy-to-use, self-guided tour. That's perfect. Cool. Hey, and it says, the spiritual world flows into the physical world. Is this the case as well for art? Yes. Nice. Perfect. Cool. And it starts with the Swedenborg quote. Apocalypse Explained, 1191. In heaven, art itself is there in its art in such forms as no artist in the world can imitate, either in painting or sculpture. And what is wonderful, the particulars, even to the minutest particulars, are for use. And everyone who enters sees their use, perceiving it by a breathing forth, as it were, of the uses through their images. Oh, nice. That's interesting to me because, you know, Plato had this kind of, uh, as far as I remember, degraded view of art, like as if, okay, you have this whole world is a shadow, a mere shadow, his cave thing, you know, where this whole world, the physical world is a shadow of this more real world. And then art is just a shadow of the shadow, like it's a further step removed. So he didn't have much use for it. It He probably failed art class. But I don't think he's right about that. Because it says here that there's art... And where art comes from is from the spiritual world. It's not a step down, it's a step up. Right, you know? it, it looks like it even says that, that art can be meaningful to the nth degree. It says, art in heaven is full of correspondences, just like everything else there, and so part of the pleasure of art to the angels is a layer of meaning in all the details. Mm, cool. Divine truths are communicated through them. Actually, art in our world comes from art in heaven. Cool. So there's a Apocalypse Explained quote here, 831... From the spiritual heaven, several arts in the world derive their laws and harmonies. This is the cause of their various forms of beauty. And because the spiritual heavens correspond to the eyes, there are also in many places paradise-like scenes, rainbow-colored, and appearances of ineffable beauty. Sounds amazing. I, wow. I just feel like I hear that, and I just like, I wish we could explore that somehow. Yeah, you know? yeah. I, I, I hope there's a way to do that. Let's see. You can explore the wonders of the arts in heaven by going on this self-guided tour. Oh, man. Wait, so um, I don't have Easy Pass on my car. Is it? 
Does it say how far it is? Oh, uh, well, it says, it doesn't really answer that, but it says, since this is a tour of things in the spiritual world, you'll be traveling via spiritual changes of state. Oh, we can do that. Well, doesn't Swedenborg say, thought brings presence? So ah, that's true. That could be that's our right. vehicle. Yeah, yeah, okay. So it says, when you're ready to go, your first stop is sculpture. So all we got to do sculpture. Okay. is get so in a we'll sculpture about... state of mind. Okay, all right. You think right. you can pull that It's going to take some concentration, I think. Okay, all right. Ready? All right. Whoa! Did we make it? Whoa. Well, it's a sign that says sculpture in heaven, so I guess we did. Yes. Oh, so what did, what did Swedenborg say about sculpture in the spiritual world? Uh, let's see here. Talks about Swedenborg witnessing amazing sculptors at their work in the spiritual world. It has a quote from Secrets of Heaven 552. I love quotes. I saw that certain angelic spirits, using the greatest possible care, were making an ornate lampstand with its lamps and flowers in the Lord's honor. For an hour or two, I was allowed to observe how hard they worked to make absolutely everything beautiful and full of significance. They felt that the labor was their own, but I was able to sense clearly that they could invent nothing by their own power. Finally, several hours later, they said they had succeeded in making a gorgeous lampstand with all its representative art in honor of the Lord. And at this, they rejoiced from the depths of their being. So it's so cool that, that the divine is this integral part of the process, but that actually adds joy to the whole thing. And that when they're sculpting, it's not just an exercise mm. in aesthetics, there's meaning in everything. Like if you have a piece of art, oh. It's not just like, let's fill up some, we've got to put this alpha omega here to fill space, get the rule of thirds, but there is meaning in it. That This is representing something Somebody's deeper. Somebody's thinking about these rays of light and the alpha and omega, the clouds and the trees, and, and so their thought is engaged as well in the creation of this thing. Yeah. Right, and they're putting symbolism into it and all right. that. It's, it's very cool. It's serving as a conduit or a manifestation of some kind of deeper reality. It's got a use, it's got a purpose, you know, mm. like everything. Right, And now, but what about this, Curtis? Like, what oh, is that? You don't know what that is? This is a 3D replica of one of Swedenborg's ornaments that he included in his theological Check works. Check it out. Yeah, surprised you didn't, uh, weren't already aware of that. Huh. So what does it mean, you Look think? at that. Well, it has Latin up at the top that says cura et labore, and that means with care and work. And so there's an angel watering the garden here, and that's how you get things done. That's how you make a heavenly paradise. Yeah. So it wasn't really just cool. a, a stamp he put on, it's a reminder to himself, you gotta work on this, and that's how you get yeah, something accomplished. As far as we know, Swedenborg actually engraved this himself. He was an engraver, he'd worked as an engraver for the inventor Paulham. And uh, so it's cool to think, and he used it on eight different title pages of his works. Yeah. So it was something important to him. And even that six-sided fountain that's in there, like represented eternity, I've been told. And, and so there was symbolism and things in, in it all. It's all about cultivation, Yeah. you know? And with care and work is how you make your garden grow. But it's very cool that someone actually took this that's in 2D and turned it into 3D right. in this sculpture. Yeah, and, and for a use, everything, heaven is a kingdom of uses, so every detail of these heavenly sculptures has got to have something for it. Okay, so I get what this is now. Mm. This, is, this is actually really fun. Where, where do we go next? Oh, let's see here. Ooh, architecture is next. All right. Okay. You so, want to do it? So we want to try to go there? Okay. One, two, three. Wow. So is, is this what architecture in heaven Ooh, is like? This is sweet. It says you are in the spiritual state of architecture. Then it says, touch the play button on the monitor to watch a video. 
about the architecture in heaven. Well, might as well watch a video. I'll take care of it. All angels have their own houses to live in, magnificent houses. While there, I saw them several times with astonishment and spoke with the angels in them. They are so clear to see, so visible, that nothing could be more so. Houses on earth are almost nothing by comparison. Angels also call earthly dwellings lifeless and unreal, but their own dwellings alive and genuine because they come from the Lord. The architecture is such that it is the source of the art itself with unending variety. They said that if they were given all the palaces in the whole inhabited world, they would not exchange their own for them. Anything made of stone, brick, or plank seems dead to them, but anything from the Lord, or from life and light itself, is alive. Such materials are all the more alive because angels experience them with the full range of senses, since objects there are perfectly suited to the senses of spirits and angels. Wow, imagine living somewhere. It's not just a dwelling place that you purchase because it's like 10 minutes from work and the foundation right. looks okay. But this is alive and this is perfectly suited mm. to me that I wouldn't change it for anything and it's something about it resonates with the, the depths of oh, my soul. That feeling. Don't you think a lot of people have that longing for home? You yeah. Know? And so here are people who are living in a space that is so full of light and energy and reflects their own state so well that they wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. Yeah, that's like really home, home sweet home. Yeah. You know? So it's uh, very sweet. Well, I feel like we're starting to get pretty good at this whole transition thing. Yeah. Uh, what's like next? I think we're learning how to do this. And yeah. Oh, what's that? Music. Oh, I think it's music. This is going to be easy. Okay. You think just this way? Like, let's do it. Okay, let's do it. Now you're in the spiritual state of music. Oh yeah, look, we made it. Oh, this is it. Look at this. Cool, man. Oh, we got instruments. And that makes sense Wind to me. Instruments, string instruments. Physically, cool. to try to get those sounds, you've got to have these different shaped objects in order to make those waves behave how you it's want. It's all about the physics and everything. Yeah, right. But if, I, I would imagine if you're in the spirit or spiritual world, wouldn't you just kind of like make music through your spirit? Would, wouldn't your mind or your heart just have some vibrations? Yeah. Oh. Something like yeah, that. Some, yeah. But what does it say I know. there? Well, it says there are orchestras in heaven just like in the world. Huh. Huh. There are all kinds of instruments, genres of music, choruses, solo music, and holiday performances. Oh, like Dingle Festive, Bells. yeah. Music plays a core role in the life of angels. For one such example, it says, touch the play button on the monitor to watch a video about a tradition in one community in heaven of a choir of women and girls waking people in the morning. It sounds cool. Did you see the monitor? Yeah, I'm it's not... right over here. Oh, oh, allow me. Every morning from the houses around the public squares, you hear girls and young women singing songs of great sweetness. The sound fills the entire city. Each morning, the song embodies one particular feeling related to spiritual love. That is, the way the voices sound and the mode the song is in convey a given feeling so well that we experience the song as that feeling itself. The song flows into our souls as we listen and stirs in us the feeling it corresponds to. This is the nature of songs in heaven. The singers tell us 
that as those listening become more receptive, the sound of the song becomes more inspired, inwardly alive and beautiful. What a wake-up call. Not just that you get some beautiful song in the morning, but it's sort of like this communal emotional tone set for the day, mm. and it's like a different one every day. Here's your theme for the day. Yeah, it, here's some kind of like feeling to start wistful admiration. I don't mm. know what kind of feelings they're talking about, but it seems like that would be an awesome way to make each day a sort of a different oh, shade of life. man. That would make it heaven, I think. Yeah. And apparently, it says here that music even spreads wider than that, in a sense. Oh, wow. It says music in heaven even is able to coincide across different communities in heaven, and even with musical events in this physical world. Oh, crossover. Then it quotes from Spiritual Experiences 491. Once again, I heard hymnists, or those singing the praise of our Savior. In fact, a number of choirs were heard singing at the same time about a variety of subjects by means of visual displays and mental imagery. And yet they are one chorus consisting of very many and acting at the same time as one without any confusion from each other so that one was in the other or inside of the other, even outside of the other. In this way, the whole angelic heaven customarily devotes itself to the praise and glory of the Savior. This is why musical harmony and singing is so delicious to the heavenly ones when the thoughts of a person on earth are concordant with their ideas. I have often experienced in churches, I think Sweden was talking about here in the physical world, that the heavenly choirs have joined in with a very deep sense of gladness, unbelievable and thus unutterable to anyone. It's amazing to think that, that even angels would need an event in this world to kind of catalyze what they're doing. Yeah. You sort of think, of heaven's got it all going on, we're like nobody down here, but that they actually are hyped up that we're singing songs. Ah. And sometimes we're in a certain mode, or even when we're doing music, yeah. they can be singing, and they're sing, singing along with yeah. it. And that maybe that that's why very, very some cool. people can really like a kind of music that other people don't, because those people get the angels' enthusiasm mm. about it, something like that. Mm. That's cool. Hey, so uh, what's, the, what's the next stop on our tour? Looks like our next stop is writing. Okay, let's go. Oh, oh, oh. Don't think we should be taking that off the shelf. This is for angels, actually, this literature, and it's actually not for people. We're not supposed to but why? read this. Yeah. Well, it says here that uh, in Heaven and Hell 258, since angels do have language, and their language is one of words, they also have written materials. And through those written materials, just as through their conversation, they express what their minds are sensing. I have sometimes been sent pages covered with writing, just like pages handwritten or printed and published in our own world. I could even read them in much the same way, but I was not allowed to get more out of them than a bit of meaning here and there. This was because it is not in keeping with the divine design to be taught by written materials from heaven, but only by the word, since this is the sole means of communication and union between heaven and earth, and therefore between the Lord and humanity. It's cool. I, I get it. It hmm. makes sense. But I got to tell you, I really still want to read one of these. Well, it doesn't actually say like big red warning or anything. I mean, let's check it out. I mean, what's the worst that could happen? They're angels. What are they going to yeah, do? Right. You know, what right? are they going to do? All yeah. right. Right. Hey. Wow. Cool. That's beautiful, but That's I... That's really cool. But I don't understand any of it. Do you get any of it? I don't, I don't get any of it. Nothing. Interesting. It says here, Swedenborg saw something similar. This quote from True Christianity 278, 
Once a sheet of paper was sent down to me from heaven that was full of writing in Hebrew lettering, but written in the way the ancients used to write. Letters that today are largely straight were curved then and had little horns or tips that turned upward. Angels who were with me at the time said they knew whole meanings just from the letters. They derived these meanings especially from the curvature of the lines and of the tips of the letters. They explained what these meant individually and in combination. They said that the letter H, which was added to both Abram and Sarai's names, meant infinity and eternity. They also explained to me the meaning of Psalm 32 verse 2 in the word on the basis of the letters alone. Taken all together, the meaning of the letters was that the Lord is also compassionate to those who do evil. Okay, the two things that I think are cool about that. One, the idea of God being so expansive and so forgiving and compassionate mm. that even those of us who are involved in various kinds of harmful behaviors, there's still that love mm. extended. But then right. just the, the nature of the density of information in the text. It's like mm. the most complex poetry you could imagine. Every letter has meaning in it, mm. you know? Yeah, just one letter means infinity and eternity. Right. You know, like what else is there? It's, exactly. it's amazing. And uh, I forget off the top of my head what Psalm 32 verse 2 is. Do you have that one memorized? Oh, no, that, that's the next one I was about to memorize. Okay, you were just about you to. You think okay. that they'd have some kind of Bible around here? Do the pages right? go in for that? It's like a, hey, hey, here's some, look. Oh, right there. Whoa. And you're not going to believe this, but it's open to the page where Psalm 32 is. That's it says, remarkable. blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. Oh, wow. So it's so sort of like the opposite. What that's saying, right, it says that you're blessed if you're not doing evil things. You right. know, you're not doing iniquity, you're not deceiving others and stuff like that. So you're blessed under that condition. Mm -hmm. And then what Swedenborg says, that the individual letters in that actually mean that the Lord is also compassionate to those who are doing evil and are deceiving others, but there's still the compassion yeah. of the Lord on that. That's like a simple awesome. sense to understand it simply just do good and you're rewarded. The more complex mm. sense is the understanding that as we go through life we realize that even people who are not mm. as outwardly good, you know, deserve love and, and compassion it's and respect. Like three dimensional chess or something like there's all these right. layers to it. And that's you know what that's what this whole art tour has been. There's mm. all these layers to everything. Everything that we could, you could even think of as frivolous, just something that sounds pretty, can have meaning in it, can have power in it, can make this connection. It seems like the the spirit of what's behind this art makes it even more powerful. Mm. That's right. Now I got bad news though. Like that's just the end of the tour. That's it. Right oh, there. It's been an awesome thank tour. Thank you for participating in the Arts of Heaven easy to use self guided tour. Man, and it was a great tour, but I am intense beat. Yeah, me too. Oh, we made Ooh. it. We're back. Hey, that hey. was uh, that was pretty awesome. And I already got to thinking that we we went there. We learned all these secrets of heavenly art. We could be way ahead of the curve. We could use this stuff to be making heavenly art already. I mean, we could yeah, pack the I, galleries well, here. I hear you, but it's there's a kind of a warning. There's a disclaimer at the back of the Ew. paperwork here. Um, it's, a, it's, it's a caution about counterfeiting heavenly mm. art. And so it says, walking in accord with the heavenly form and writing in accord with the heavenly form are things no one can learn artificially. Interesting how it links walking and writing. It's curious, isn't right. it? If anyone learns something artificially, that person immediately departs from heaven and is recognized immediately. 
especially one who is walking. And this is recognized from the direction of his face when his feet are going a different direction. <laughs> That's kind of hilarious, I yeah. think. You know, like you're, but so you, you know, you're trying to look like you're going this way. So visual hypocrisy. Mm. So it seems like to to really be able to make this heavenly art that we've been seeing, you have to be connected to the divine artist because mm. Swedenborg says that it's all about the purpose that the art serves so you can't be making that art with a different purpose with a different purpose the essence of heaven is mm. this love and wisdom and then the good of the human race so that's what radiates out from this stuff so if you're just doing it to try to get cool art that's a whole different purpose the essence of the thing falls apart yeah and it seems like that would mean that there's a capacity that we can all open up to more we can grow in it like how connected we are yeah it's like right it's, so it's not a bad thing to practice but to mm-hmm. do it completely artificially it's not it's just it's like a, so cool. another perk of regeneration is that you come into this ability to make this spiritual heavenly art mm. so that that's awesome this has been a great way to to spend an afternoon and what do you f- just to kind of sort it all out what do you feel like we we learned from all this so we learned that heavenly sculpture is full of detail the correspondences in it all have meanings and layers to them, and there's a joy that we get out of creating it as if of ourselves, although it actually, that inspiration actually comes from the Lord. We checked out heavenly architecture, and that it's, first of all, it's awesome, magnificent. It seems also like it's alive, and there's this spiritually nourishing aspect of it to the angels who live in it. Mm. And the music we heard about is also multi-layered. It comes straight from the soul and reaches other people's souls. It's uplifting, energizing, and cathartic. And the writing, although you know I could pick up very little of it, is is packed with meaning. And it's beautiful, and it, it's essentially expressive. Mm. Like it expresses this deep truths effortlessly. The tour was really awesome. Totally. Uh, of course, it has to be said that it wasn't like comprehensive. It wasn't, you know, entirely thorough. No. I'm not knocking it, but, you know, it didn't cover all the bases. Art is obviously infinite in the spiritual world. I mean, at least there's just indefinite different forms, different kinds of artistic expression, new genres coming to existence all the time, I'm sure, and, and that sort of thing. And so there's so much more than what we could touch on here. Oh, absolutely, because it's not like the art here is going to be more complex than the art there. If we're, right. we're just a derivative of that. But I think we can get mm. a taste of some of that spiritual side of it when we're creating art here and just knowing that's what we're tapping into is this spiritual reality behind it. So if you guys at home are, are creating art or enjoying art, hopefully this gave you an extra layer of meaning to stick into your experience. We appreciate you being here in this show. We're going to get to one of your questions in just a second. But as always, here's a couple of thank yous. That's our show for this week. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. If you want to help us get out and get noticed in the world, please like and subscribe. That'll let you know when we've got new content and let YouTube know that we're worth liking and subscribing to. If you want to make this whole thing possible, consider joining us on Patreon. It's an easy way to give just a dollar per episode. And when you do, you not only are you making it so that we can do what we do, but you're, we'll also give you a little thank you in the form of behind-the-scenes content, sort of special access stuff that just is saying, hey, man... Really appreciate you digging in and making this happen. There's another thing I want to give you this week and this week only in terms of what I'm announcing on this show. There's a fan art contest that there we've actually had you guys submit your pieces of art that have some kind of Swedenborg spiritual theme, and there's been voting on it. I'm not telling you that you can vote on it now because there's already voting, there's already submissions, but the winner is going to be announced soon, and when it is announced, you're going to be able to buy their Swedenborgian art 
on Redbubble through our Swedenborg Foundation Redbubble store. So check it out. Keep checking Swedenborg.com for updates and participate in some spiritual art yourself. And now, as usual, our question of the week. Preliminal asks, if someone loves fantastic, stylish art, will they eventually be in a very artistic and creative realm of heaven that they feel at home with? Mm. This is a obviously very good question for this episode. But what do you think? Is somebody, are you going to end up getting your artistic longing satisfied? I would, I would think so. And I think it also raises an interesting question about uh, what if you aren't particularly artistic? You know, like, do you develop more in the other world? I know a lot right. of people wonder whether they're going to learn an instrument or something like that. Uh, where my thinking starts on this, I guess, is with the idea of the creator, that there's a creator and then creativity flows forth from that creator. Yeah. And so in a way, the creator wants to share with all of us uh, that divine attribute in a way of of creating, you know, wants to give us the pleasure of creating. Right. And I have never met a kid who doesn't do something, you know, create something. Uh, I, I think yeah. it's pretty universal in the human spirit. It's a cool thought that for people who are really deep into a certain type of art... Uh, that they would be at home with this. And when we did the bit about the architecture and, you know, that your home reflects you in a unique way, I just think there's going to be more variety of those things in the spiritual world than there is here. And I imagine you would be in a situation like that. I can't think of anything specific that Swedenborg says to speak to that one way or the other. He's more general about love and faith and things like that. But, but I imagine so. Yeah, right. Yeah, I can't think of any passage where he says, yeah, everybody who likes a particular kind of art will be immersed in sort of the essence of where that art came from. But the same, on the other hand, given his overall worldview, that seems to make sense. And I, back to the, the point you were, you were just raising about, is it just artistic people stay artistic or are more people invited into that? I think that there is some evidence that, yeah, we're all going to be pretty good at art. This is... so. There's an art form that a lot of people might not think of as that, which is being able to articulate ideas verbally. Uh-huh. You think about being able right. to... Public speaking is actually pretty tough to do, that's but even right. just to be like well-spoken, you might think, oh, that's just like musical talent. Some people have it, some don't. But Swedenborg says that everybody, when they get into the spirit, becomes much better at articulating ideas. That that, so if that one's just kind of given out, right. wouldn't it be... Because I've been in... A, I used to do like, you know, like go to coffee houses and play my little music that I wrote, like singer-songwriter stuff. And you could go there with a bunch of people and everybody's doing their singer-songwriter thing. It's all different... But everybody's got, like, this is how I write songs. This is how... And it just strikes me as odd that some of us would have that in its variety, but some just, that, that gene would be missing. Yeah. And, and, and to cap this off with another non-Swedenborg thing is that I once saw this show where there was a guy who was like a sports-oriented, you might call him a jock sort of guy, not very artistic. He jumped into a pool after a football and hit his head. And when he came out of that pool... He was this artist who could play sight read <laughs> music, and he's changed his style. There's this whole documentary about changed his style. He wore like wristbands now, and was like totally different. So I wonder is that is that something that can be unlocked in each of us? Is it something about connecting right. to heavenly communities? If the joy of heaven is just about sharing what you have with someone else, if there are, are more artistic communities, are they like given that art to everyone mm. else? So I would imagine that. Yeah, if, if it's something you love, you get fully immersed in it. But even probably people who thought, well, I could never even hope to be an artist. Man, I would hope everybody gets let in, you know? And it's making me think of that teaching that uh, 
from what I understand from certain passages that Swedenborg says, everybody in the other world gets involved in these choruses, these choirs he talks about. Yeah. That you're all singing together, and it's yeah. it's, it's actually an important sort of socialization thing, it sounds like, where you're singing these choirs. So, like, just right there, everybody's participating. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Everybody's in there. I just think about, like, so I could sing, like, a melody, but if you get, try to get me to sing harmony, like, I wouldn't want to be in there. I don't want to do this choir. I don't know how to do the tenor part. But, but yeah, like, if it's, if it's like, part of it, then maybe yeah. maybe people like me can suddenly tune And you in. have it in your heart, and then it just, just come, comes yeah. out and so on. Yeah. So, uh, Prelim Minimal, it's a great question. So I think that everyone's going to find their heart's desires, uh, just to recap, and then, and I think some people who wouldn't have even dared to desire something can yeah. also be part of the yeah. party. So beyond your wildest dreams. I think. Cool. Thanks so much for the question. Uh, and we, uh, if you guys like this whole Q and A thing, we're going to do a whole hour of it for you next week. We're going to have a panel show live at eight p.m. We hope you tune into that. I know I usually don't let you stick around for the outro, but I'm doing it this time. So goodbye from both of us. Swedenborg and Life is Amy Aquarola, Morgan Beard, Curtis Childs, Karen Childs, Matthew Childs, Alexa Cole, John Connolly, Cara Dom, Chris Dunn, Stuart Farmer, Ben Keyes, Reed McArdle, Chelsea Odner, Jonathan Rose, Shiloh Silverman, and Shada Sullivan. <laughs>